This is Three People in Your Head, a podcast about getting the best out of yourself and others. Co-hosted by Matt Taylor and myself, John Fleming. In this highlights episode, John and I share our favourite moments from the past few years of running Three People in Your Head and our reflections such as lessons learned. We also talk about some transitions that will be taking place in the near future. If you want to skip past our reflections and ramblings and head straight to the highlights, head to about 23 minutes in. Thanks for listening. Episode 28. Episode 28. And we are doing a bit of a reflective exercise over what's happened in the last two and a half years of three people in your head. Yeah, from where the story all began in 2019. I think it was 2020, wasn't it, before we we launched our first episode. But of course, you and I had been talking, planning, doing a lot of work the year before in the lead up to that. Yeah. So yeah, almost 2023. I can't really believe it because I think the podcast kind of almost was birthed and grew so much during COVID. Yes, it's true. So that'll yes. be three years officially, but we were working on that for months beforehand, doing interviews, planning it all out. But yeah, we've done a lot and it's been, it's been loads of fun. And I think one of the things we wanted to do in this episode, actually, is just to appreciate and recap some of the highlights for us, some of the snippets of the episodes and also announce a couple of changes that are going to be taking place at the end of the episode of this episode. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to say in this reflective, I'm going to edit this out. Yeah. This reflective episode <laughs> is just to go back onto our aims to discuss what our aim was with the podcast. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. I think when we first started it, we recognized an opportunity that there wasn't much going on in the digital realm in TA and one of the gaps was a podcast. And so we thought, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's evolved so much more than I initially had anticipated as well, because although at the start, I was like, well, this is a great idea and it's taking up a space in which currently there isn't anything in the TA space. The the impact of that afterwards, which I hadn't realized at the time, but I, I know to be true now, is that it's also meeting a whole host of needs for people who are interested in or like to learn about TA mm. that written text isn't accessible for. Yeah, it's true. Um, and I don't think we realized that in the beginning quite so much. Mm. Yeah. Um, or at least I didn't anyway. And I think yeah. that's, that's like, I'm really chuffed about that. <laughs> mm. You know, yeah. that not only did we uh, promote TA and get uh, something out there in the public forum in, in terms of our podcast, but actually there's a whole group of people now that have a resource yeah. that they didn't have before. Yeah. One of the things that's been really satisfying for me is that I have noticed a couple of people have started citing, students have started citing quotes from the podcast. So whoever it was who was we were having a conversation with has delved into their wisdom and knowledge and understanding and given us a really nice quote or succinct little summary of what a piece of theory is. And it's been it's now being used, which I, I love that, that it's it's been useful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, hopefully more of that to to come. Like my my sense is that three years in, 
although it's been a great success, it's still only just beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. there's so much potential in, in this space for both people within the TA community, but also the general public in yeah. getting, getting TA out there more yeah. uh, front and center. And like you said then as well, for students to be using it as a resource for their, their qualifications, you know, to yeah. be put putting it in and referencing it. And I think I'm intrigued to see how that evolves mm. because of course, you know, uh, I, I don't know if people reference audiobooks or podcasts currently in academic papers. Yeah. Uh, can see why you wouldn't though. Yeah. Because if it's a genuine quote or reference, then um so yeah, to, to think that the podcast might end up in a bibliography or, or a reference at the bottom mm. of, of an essay or a CTA written exam or an oral exam. Mm. Uh, <laughs> in some ways, it's a bit crazy to me, but, it, but it's great. It, yeah. You know? yeah, it is. It is. And then, like you were saying, with regard to this is just the start, I actually think most of our audience, we could have predicted this, but most of our audience are already in CA. We're just about CA. And so we kind of, we are, we have had other people who have said that it's piqued their interest in TA or they've heard it. Actually, I had a friend of mine who was a colleague years ago from my previous job. This is over 20 years ago. And she contacted me on a Facebook message or Facebook chat or whatever. And she said, Hey, I'm, I'm a counselor. And I just decided I'm going to do some CPD and listen to a podcast. And she said that, and then, then you were interviewing these people on, on transactional analysis. And I found that really gratifying, the fact that somebody outside of TA has had a listen. So, um, yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think that's great as well. I, some of the, the coaching students that I teach, because I do a TA day, they've been listening to it as well. So every so often I get a message being like, oh, I started listening to the podcast and it's great. And that, that's really validating. And I think you're right. We could have predicted that it would be the TA community that would first pick this up. Yeah. And I think you're right to go back to our attentions right at the very beginning, which was actually to push this outside the TA community yeah. to uh, open things up more. And I mean, I think I've talked about it six, seven times. <laughs> I was just thinking exactly the same thing. You're going to tell that story. I'm going to talk about the circle. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> and uh, how, I don't know why, but for, for a long time, I've had this idea that we in the TA community, we're all standing with our arms uh, wrapped uh, around each other in a big circle uh, looking inwards and that there is a job to be done to open up, to become less insular and to become more expansive. And I think part of our drive in that is is driven by the, the move towards collectivism away from individual work and, and group work, but also just a real desire to spread TA, you know, to to kind of be like, there's there's this body of social psychology over here that if you are open to it and interested and seeking to develop personally could change your life. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to be too, <laughs> I don't want to be too preachy uh, about yeah. it, but, but I think they, that, that was definitely one of our goals really, wasn't it? Was yeah. to spread TA. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think for me, I recognize that there is a sense that if it's already established and people are looking, they will find it. You, However, there is a part of me, and this might be because of my old evangelistic tendencies as a religious minister, 
to want to share great material. And, and for me, the last six years have been transformational. And, the, it's, and it isn't interestingly what you say. It's not just the information because the information is fantastic. But when you gave that description of we're all standing around in a circle with our arms around each other, one of the things that I do want to account for is the fact that for me, the TA community, I feel like has this really great quality of feeling like a, a, a worldwide family sometimes. And I have loved that. Um, and I still think we do need to turn out and and share that and share the, the body of knowledge. I think it was the interview with Leonard Campos and he said, well, TA has got the answers to world peace. I'm pretty sure, well, I hope I'm not misquoting that, but I loved that. And, and, and that episode for me was a really important one. But um, yeah, going back to the, the aim to promote TA, I just want to do a shout out, by the way, to Nikki for sending that message of encouragement through Facebook. And, and we want to say thank you to all the support that we've got as well. We've yes. had so much encouragement, so many messages saying thank you and we really appreciate your effort. Yeah. It's been wonderful. Yeah, and one of the one of the highlights of of the supports that we've gotten because you know it's so lovely to be getting positive strokes. And and one of the things that I think was important as well, and this is going to be very relevant in terms of the future of the podcast. It wasn't only to promote TA, but it was to equally represent the full fields of TA, which yeah. we need to account for the fact that we've not done that as yet. Partly because when we first put out invitations to a wide group of PTSDAs and TSDAs. And if you're listening and you don't know much about TA, that's a, a teaching and supervising transactional analyst. It's somebody who's qualified to teach other people to become qualified or certified transactional analysts. So they're, they're kind of experts in their fields in many ways. We wanted to uh, just invite as many people as we could. And it just so happened that the people that we interviewed in 2020 and 2021 mainly, that they were predominantly psychotherapy more than anything else. And we are going to, in the next year or two, 18 months or so, to try and bring that to balance so that we have absolutely equally represented all four fields. Yeah, like our, our intention was that we would, you know, it'd be one every four, essentially. So we do a psychotherapy, a yeah. educational organization, and then we'd repeat that pattern. Yeah. And that there would be some um, other kind of special themed yeah. episodes interwoven there as well that didn't sit in a specific field because they were probably applicable to all fields. Yeah. And, you know, there's probably some things to call out and account for, actually, now that you, you've brought that up, Anna, and I think this is a good time to do it, things we're reflecting on where we've come from and where we are now. Yeah. And that is that we, we definitely have the intention of balance. And of course, I think part of our problem in achieving that is that there is not balance in yeah. the world in the sense of there's more TSTAs, CTAs and students of TA psychotherapy than there is of any other field. So there's just simply more people available to interview for that field than there is in anywhere. And that's not the us. We just yeah. need to work uh, a little bit differently. And yeah. the other thing that Matt and I had talked about quite a lot during the last three years is not wanting this to become too European centric. Yeah. Because we, we want the podcast to be global. So we were conscious of, uh, but let's just call it out, us being two white men. That yeah. was an ongoing conversation that we had about yeah. 
Like we have representation of diversity on podcasts. I mean, I take the neurodivergent and gay card, but <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't bring all of the diversity that we need. Yeah, uh, and uh, to account for that, you know, some of the changes we'll talk about later represent our move to try and shift to include more diversity, and also. At times, there were topical world issues that we felt like we had a responsibility to address on the podcast. And also, we didn't quite know how. I think that's part of the learning process we went on. Yeah. Uh, And just to call out, we really wanted to do a panel discussion on racism. Yeah. Around the time of the BLM movement. Yes. I mean, that's been around for a long time, but when there was a particular uprising around that in in the US after uh, George Floyd's death and... Again, we we weren't quite sure how to go about that because as two white men, we we were thinking about the how applicable is it for us to be having this discussion. Mm-hmm. And then also what we saw clearly was a kind of an unrepresentation of people of color within the TA community that we yeah. reach out to and, and include. And then yeah. an uncertainty about was it appropriate to be asking people of color to talk about racism when it really actually is a white problem? Yeah. So it's like why people need to deal with that ourselves. So we were doing all of that in the background. So we weren't avoiding the issue. But I think you and I are learning a lot through this process as well. <laughs> we are. Yeah, definitely. And that's an interesting point that you make. We have just thrown ourselves in the deep end and we are working it out as we go along. And so yeah. it's evolving. And we love the fact that it's evolving. And we also account for the fact that we, you know, it's not a perfect podcast and we, we're going to miss things in terms of subject matters and items that really yes. we want to be able to represent what's going on in the world and how TA has thoughts and ideas and theories about that through the podcast. But this is a voluntary project and we don't have the resources. Both of us are really busy with our own lives and own work. And 100%. Hopefully as the, the podcast develops and grows, then we will be better at that. I do love the fact that we did a a group conversation on COVID. And interestingly, when you look at the stats of the episodes that have been listened to over the past two and a half years, that one features highly. A lot of people listening yes. to the first episode yeah. of that. It was it was two episodes altogether. And it seemed like that was really important. People wanted to know what TA had to say about what was going on yeah. in the world at the time. And what I loved about that panel discussion as well is that we had the four fields represented. Yes. And, you know, I think, I think more of that, please. <laughs> That's my request from within the TA community is more panel discussions where people from different fields who have different stances and different perspectives yeah. discuss because I feel like those sorts of discussions are so useful because mm. you do get divergent thoughts, opinions, and ideas. And I think that's really healthy. Yes. And that's something that I've learned about the TA community as I've been doing this. Because really, I all I knew was the Byrne Institute, where we've been training, very little outside that. And it's really broadened my perspective on what the TA community is like and what it's about. And I love the fact that there are differing opinions on the same subject matter within TA. And so it, it very much represents a normal kind of family or body of people that Though we have this, I'm okay, you're okay, fundamental stance that we can have differing ideas and we can debate that assertively and collaboratively. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, what you're you're stirring up for me there, Matt, as well, and I think it's something that we had to get to grips with quite quickly, is that we we almost have a responsibility Mm -hmm. 
that I don't know if I fully understood at the outset to be objective and neutral Mm. and balanced like any media outlet would be or publication would be. We kind of have like an editorial responsibility to ensure that the four fields are equally represented that differing views are equally represented and that you or I as hosts haven't had overly strong opinions on one side or the other. I mean, sometimes I've definitely had strong opinions. Yeah, that's same. <laughs> but at the same time, that's not, it wasn't a forcing down the throne either. It was like, well, this is what I think. And I think we've brought other people in as well who thought differently to us. Yeah. And I think that's one of my big things for, you know, the next three years is that the podcast continues to be a space where people can come forward, share their differing views and perspectives, and that we can model what the I'm okay, you're okay thing is all about. Yeah. And yeah. that there may be multiple truths. Absolutely. Very constructivist principle. One of the things that I wanted to say as well is if you're a regular listening to the podcast, we invite you to let us know what it is that you would like to hear on the podcast, or if there are particular theories that you want to have covered, or if there are particular subject matters we could do a panel discussion on, let us know. If there are things that you think we can do to better promote TA. So one of the things I've thought is maybe switching up the questions that we ask normally a little bit more so that it's more accessible to the non-TA listener because we do tend to have our own language and our own way of expressing things. And I think sometimes that loses people. And we've really tried to accommodate for that and ask specifically, yeah. what do you mean by interject and all these different types of terms that we use that non-TA trained people wouldn't understand. And we want to make sure that when someone is listening and they're not trained in TA, that it makes sense and that yes. it would appeal to them and be relevant to them. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that also goes from people within the TA community. If there's particular topics or things you'd like to discuss, one, let us know, but also please come get involved. Yes. You know, like Matt said earlier, this is a voluntary project. So the more support we can get and the more direction and the more feedback, actually, the more successful the podcast will be long term. I think we're very aligned in this, that this is for the TA community. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, part of it, of course, is the invitation because although we've, it, it was a joint venture on our part to kind of breathe life into it, get it going, our hope and intention is that this will be around forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that means that it will live on past us. And I think that that means we need other people to be interested and involved as time yeah. goes on. Yeah. Because you've just said that, I just want to say a special thanks to Marta who does all of our social media posting. She's out in Poland. Thank you so much. We love you. And Sharon, who has some transcripts of many of the early episodes that were published on our website, which we've had problems with, technical issues, another thing that I've been learning about. And that's going to be up and running again, our our website, because we had issues with that. But Sharon spent hours doing the transcripts of those episodes. And so, Sharon, we love you. Thank you so much for your support. Yes. And the other thing as well, you know, uh, is, yeah, it's done in English because, well, I don't speak another language. Uh, (laughs) I'm English. No, I don't. (laughs) Typical English. But yeah, I I only speak English. So, you know, the other thing is like, if there's appetites for other languages, like come and talk to us. Like, it's not something that Matt and I can do because we don't speak another Mm -hmm. language. 
that doesn't mean that we're not open to it. Yeah. So, but it, but we, you know, also it's like we're really busy and have our own kind of work and, and lives going on. But if you're out there and you're thinking, God, this would be great for my students who only speak the language in my particular country or whatever it is, you know, come and talk to us about it. Like there's mm-hmm. no promises that we can do anything, but we're definitely open for dialogue and seeing what can be done. Yes, absolutely. I feel really excited about the future. I, I recognize that for me, having got busier over the last couple of years, especially since lockdown with my psychotherapy practice, that the more help we get, the better this will be. And it has sometimes been a bit of a stretch, hasn't it, for us to find time to get stuff done. But moving forward, one of the things that I think has been really valuable is the way that we've just had conversations with people. And sometimes what you don't see in the written form of TA books or TA articles is the heart of the person who is sharing it. And and I've been really moved by many of the interviews that we've had. And one of the great things about having these conversations is you get a real true sense of that underlying principle of TA, which is that I'm okay, you're okay, we're on a level. And it's been so enjoyable speaking to these people who are experts and have been for years to a couple of students who are a bit green and just the joy of the conversations and the warmth and the yeah i think what you get in the in the audio or at least for me anyway is that it brings the soul into the the topic which well put don't get from a book it doesn't mean that there isn't soul in a book it's just for me i can't access it you know um whereas if i listen to people having a conversation i get a level of of resonance and, and that's what brings the soul of it in and and the felt sense, and, yes. and it, it gets all of the senses engaged for me. Yeah. I almost imagine sometimes when I'm listening that I'm in the room sitting in a comfy armchair next to them. Yeah. I like that. Um, so, yeah. Great. Should we talk about some of our... No, I, I, you, we were on exactly the same page. Yeah, I was just thinking, this is a really good segue into talking about some of our favorite snippets. Every so often, there were these nuggets of really yeah. wonderful pieces of moving wisdom. Yeah, we're, we're not doing a review of the 27 episodes. Yeah, this is just pulling out a few moments where we were, Matt and I were humbled, I think is the right word, and, and just really blown away. And I suppose it's fitting, really, Matt, to start with Sunita. Oh, yeah, that has got to be, I think that's one yeah. of my highlights of the past two and a half years having this I, conversation. I think so. It was very brief. It was a phone call. And on my side, the line was really bad. And it was just still a privilege because I, although I wasn't with her in person, it was like almost an opportunity of being in her presence. Absolutely. That's how I felt as well. And I got so much out of that. Mm. Despite what she said, just actually being with her was, was a privilege. And I suppose in another way, it was like meeting a celebrity. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I've never been so starstruck, to be honest. I tend not to get that starstruck generally, but with having an opportunity to have a conversation with Fanita, who was 104 at the time, and lucid and present and fully engaged. It was just fantastic. It was, fantastic. It was great. She's certainly a character. I think the bit that touched me the most was when she was talking. I think you had asked her a little bit about her theory about the motivators. Yeah. yeah. And, and she, I think she talked about how for her life is represented by waves and, and that's the way she sees the motivators. 
<laughs> oh no, that was di- that was a different thing actually. Was was it? <laughs> yeah, she. I asked her actually about her ideas on existential matters. Mm-hmm. I think I said existentialism, which is a different thing. Me and my perfectionist tendency. Oh yes, like, sorry. It was about, about life and death. death. Yes, 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 yes. And the way that she described a life being like a wave, and it it builds up and then it it ebbs away gently, and then another one comes, and it was really moving. It was moving, I think, as well, given the time of her life that we yes. were meeting her in. Yeah, because I think that we had a heightened awareness of we don't know how you know. I mean, at hundred and four. We didn't know how much longer Fanita was going to be alive. Yes. And we were very keen to have her voice on the podcast. Yeah. And I think in a way, I don't want to be kind of uh, fatalistic or, or pre- predicting anything, but it also almost felt like she was indicating the waves are getting smaller for me. Yes. That's how it felt for me as well. Uh, she said something like, and soon it will be my time or soon it will be time to go. Yeah. And very moving and mm. profound and like you say an absolute privilege and I, I also in that highlight we're going to play it in a moment is that when I asked her about the motivators and passion and her resilience because she'd written a paper on it actually it's one of my favorite papers and she said yeah her passion for TA which when you read what she has written she's so clearly a woman of great passion for what she does the work she does and her writing and her development of theory and it has really informed me in regards to, I think, one of the keys to aging well is actually just as simple as having passion in your life. And she demonstrates that so beautifully. Yeah. So, so I guess what we're going to do over this episode is just play a few highlights. So here's the highlight from Fanita's episode. But transactional analysis became my passion because I found the work exciting because I like to start out working with contracts with figuring out what it is we want to work with and what it is we want to resolve. At some point you can find some ideas or some way of working or being or loving or changing or doing whatever you do that excites you. Maybe your word to use is excites you. Yeah. Passion. And yes. that meaning gives meaning to our life in addition to other everyday meanings, you know, yes. that are important too. So that, I think, contributes to a longer life psychologically. I'm comfortable with the idea of this, you see. Yeah. And so okay. you don't believe in a spiritual side of life or? Not the way people phrase it. Yeah. I'm quite comfortable. Right. That. That's fantastic. Uh, I compare death more to uh, the waves on the ocean. Life is, represents the waves, and at a certain point, the wave settles down and dies, but there are other waves. For me, it was privilege. Definitely. When you said a few moments ago that it's been really humbling. My mind immediately went to the very first episode we did and the very first recording, which was with Giles. And it was a brilliant episode. And you used that phrase, actually, when we had that interview after he shared about the young man. And why don't I play that right now? Because then we can chat about it briefly. 
And one of the young men in the group, remember, I see him now, he, he got up out of his chair, grabbed hold of the, the felt marker and started to draw on the flip chart. And this was about ego states and communication. So he'd been exposed to it for, I don't know, 40 minutes. And he, there he was up on the board explaining what was happening to him in mainstream school when he was getting into trouble with some of the senior staff. Brilliant. And that really made quite an impact on me. Pretty much, well, when I say sold it to me, that sounds a bit kind of commercial, but the impact was such that in that episode, I, I realized that here was a model which was highly accessible to a wide range of people and was equally very powerful. Yeah. I mean, this, this young lad was really empowered and he was all of a sudden really articulate. He was clever. He was insightful. Yeah. He could own his intelligence and have it respected through this language. So I'm telling a story there in response, Matt, to your question. I, yeah, no, it's uh, fantastic. Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps listening to that. That's really touching that he had begun to understand what was going on for him. That's just so empowering. And I can see now why transaction analysis has value in education. <laughs> I think I just got goosebumps all over again. And I'm coming back to that. Matt, you know, like two and a half, three years later. So also so much has happened. Yeah. I've learned so much more in that time frame. You know, I think the reason I felt so humbled and that resonated so highly for me is that's what happened to me when I started learning TA. Yeah. I became clever, articulate. I could explain what was going on. And it is because of what Joel said, TA is highly accessible. Yeah. As a yeah. theory, I feel so passionately about that. Yeah. And that Byrne, Eric Byrne, wanted for a young person to be able to understand what was going on within them and have models and drawings and explanations that someone, is it someone who's seven or eight or something like that? I can't remember what he yeah, said. I think, he, I think the quote is, but don't, don't quote me. I'm not like, <laughs> sure if this is right, but I think the quote is that an eight-year-old, an MIT professor, and a farmer from Texas all need to be able to understand it for it to be TA. And I love that. I love that, that we can, just by sharing a theory or a model or a diagram, enable somebody to make sense of often what is pretty confusing when we're dealing with thinking, feeling, or history. Yeah, and that really jibes well with what you've been talking about a couple of times already in this episode around okayness and the I'm okay, you're okay. And we heard that from Trudy in our episode with her, with Trudy Newt, when she said that TA is a philosophy of okayness. Yeah. And yeah. I just thought, oh, that's so nice, actually, because TA does have a strong philosophical un you know, underpinning. And that's so important, I think, to the reason it remains accessible. Yes, it's very true. And I think that actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to play that now. One of the things that I find most convincing about TA is that it actually starts from a philosophy of okayness, that people in themselves are okay. They may yeah. do things that are not okay, but the intrinsic okayness is just there. We yeah. don't condemn people. We look at how their history or their beliefs or whatever 
led to their actions, but we hold everybody as okay. And so the whole system of TA, all the models and theories, can be traced back to that original philosophy. Yeah. Like, you know, you trace something back from a a branch of a tree back to the trunk. That trunk is that humanistic belief that people are okay in themselves, that they can think for themselves, that they can decide what changes they want to make. And you can connect everything in TA to that. And if you can't, it's not TA. I just love the way that she was able to articulate something so important and such a grand subject in a in a concise sentence or two. That's one of the oh, things you know, I love about interviewing people who've been doing this for years. Yes, 100%. And I think we've just talked about a few things there that show the, the level of accessibility and acceptance that exists. And another quote that I've heard a TSTA say at one point or another, and again, I'm not quite sure if this was a burn thing or where it came <laughs> yeah. from, it was, if you can't draw it, yeah. it's not TA. I think Adrian uh, may have said that in her episode. Yeah. And it's just like, well, that's just so accessible then, isn't it? Because it's like, it needs to be understood at all levels. Yeah. You need to have the the visual aspects to it for people who, you know, learn that way. Yeah. And I think that's probably driven us as well a little bit, Matt. Yeah. Because we want the auditory aspects to be brought in. Yeah. You know, because we know that for some people, that will be more accessible. Yes. And that uh, who will never be able to read a book. Yes. And I, bit of history on me is I struggled with reading as a kid, really struggled. It started to improve about the age of 11. And so I read pretty slow and I've worked on speeding it up. I love listening to books and I love listening to podcasts because it is really accessible to me personally. It makes it much easier. Yeah. There's something she said also in that, one of the things about TA that I've experienced is when people are really living it and uh, walking the talk is you feel this deep acceptance of who you are just as you are and that unconditional positive regard in Carl Rogers' quote. Yeah, I think that's so true. And now that you've said that, I mean, it just sends me straight to Adrian Lee's episode. Yes. Yeah. Shall I play that clip straight away yeah, and then we can yeah. talk about it? Yeah. Let's do it. And I think it is about attention. It is about being fully present. It is about all that we know about in terms of permissions to be who we are, permission to be important, permission to exist, permission to be whatever we are experiencing and thinking. So I think that's part of it. Maybe it's the most important part of it. I do believe people can change. Mm. But I think change is not about becoming somebody else. And this is my own view of change. It's not about um, just changing a decision or anything like that. It's about, I think it's about profound acceptance of who we are. Wow. Mm. That's very powerful. I'm inclined to sit with the silence in that one. Yeah, that for me was one of those highlights where I knew as I was hearing it, I thought, Oh, that's definitely going to be an intro to an episode. It's just so, so lovely, such a lovely moment. Yeah, yeah I actually have tears in my eyes listening back to that because that's what it's all about. I think that's what it's been all about for me. Mm. You know, it's that it comes with that accessibility part because, of yeah. course, for something to be accessible, 
it has to deeply and profoundly accept that you are who you are and that it needs to tailor itself to you rather than having to overly adapt to it. Yeah. Uh, And I think there is that sort of profound acceptance built into some TA theories. Yes, it's true. And up, and we're not saying that every TA group that you come across or every person who's trained in TA, that you will feel that necessarily. Because similarly to actually the episode that Leilani, her episode where she talked about the TA community has also got its flaws, just like oh, the yeah. wider community. However, for me, when I come across a group where people are living that true sense of acceptance of themselves and acceptance of others then there's almost something magical, actually something spiritual that you experience in those kind of groups, the, the warmth, the love, which is something that true acceptance is about being able to love yourself for who you are and accepting others to love unconditionally. And that ultimately for me is what life is all about. Yeah, I think it comes back to that philosophical underpinning again of I'm yeah. okay, you're okay. And it's like, how far can you take that? Mm. For me, in some pockets of the TA world, you know, they, they've gone so far in other pockets, it's further. And, you know, I definitely have an agenda about pushing that further again. Mm. Um, my latest kind of, my latest <laughs> special interest <laughs> um, <laughs> is radical inclusion. Is it? I think that it's TA that has opened up that desire for me. Right. I've been chuckling to myself a few times, Matt, lately, because I was thinking you should be careful what you teach people, don't you? (laughs) Because I feel like TA has given me so much permission. Mm. And and now I want to take that further. Yeah. Actually, when you say that, I do want to, again, account for Leilani's work in terms of radical inclusion and yes. the impact she's had with her radical inclusion workshops through online events. Yes. And especially during lockdown, I know they were lifesavers for many people. They, they enabled connection worldwide. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal. And I'm going to give a shout out for that again. So if you want to get a bit of TA training and pay whatever it is that you can afford. Those workshops, I believe, still run on Monday morning, online events, Radical Inclusion. Search for Leilani Mitchell. We'll put a link in that show notes, I think. Although we haven't got highlights from Leilani's episode. But hey, Leilani, <laughs> we appreciate your hard work with that one. It is important what you're saying, that if we are all okay, then everybody needs a voice or at least a platform to be able to share. Yeah, and I think we also have a collective responsibility Mm. to make that happen. I think that's part of my emerging agenda is because I think that's how we push back on oppression. Mm. Um, And interesting you say that. What comes to mind next in terms of the highlights was the episode with Leonard Campos because he has been a campaigner and had a life of campaigning against discrimination. And he has used his voice and the TA Journal as a platform to encourage us to stand up for what is right, stand up against what we consider is wrong, morally wrong, and to protest and to make our voice heard. And I was challenged by his thoughts on the episode. I'm going to play a highlight now. Yeah, go for it. What's really important is that you have courage. 
Yeah. If you look at how other institutions, organizations work, churches, they're always pushing hope. And so a lot of people live with false hope. And what you need is courage. That's what brings about change. That means you have to deal with your fear. Okay? Admit you're afraid. But you do it anyway. Great. Great message. Great message. There you go. Thank you. So that was the summary at the end when I asked Leonard for if he had one message. And it was about having courage. But actually, the courage that he was talking about was the courage to stand up for others in many ways. Yeah, and I think I just saw what he was saying as well. It was just so spot on. He was like, have courage, not hope. Hope is... You know, it's not going to get you anything. It's like you're just sitting over there in the corner being really hopeful. (laughs) I think he was just like, go out and do something about it. Like, yes, yes. And I actually think, I mean, just to qualify that, I think hope is so important because I I think hope is the flickering flame that sometimes when people are at their lowest points, if they're able to hold just a little bit of hope, then that is enough to move them to belief and courage later on. But I think what he was saying for those of us who already have hope to take a step. Well, yeah, but I think you have to qualify it as well in terms of what he was talking about, because I totally agree with you in terms of hope, maybe somebody who's struggling with mental health. Yeah. But I think he was talking about, and he was talking about social justice. I think he, he was. was talking about being an activist. And yes. If you feel passionately about climate change, about oppression of marginalized communities, hope isn't going to do much. Yes. I think it was the core message, like go out and do something. Mm. And that because every little that helps. I sound really preachy now though, so I'm going to get, get off myself. No, I, I, it's okay. I think it's good to hear your thoughts on that. And even as you say, I think, yes. It helps to hear that because it's a reminder. And his episode was a great example of that. Somebody prompting, reminding, and we need that because we get so busy, got so caught up in our own little worlds that we forget that we can make a difference. A hundred percent. And I think the important kind of segue here then is probably into our episode with Anna. Anna Chandy, yes. she talked about how important collectivism is for her in her culture in India and how yes. she sees Indian culture moving back to a we stance from an I. And I actually think that the world over could really do with more collectivism being at the core of how we operate. Yeah, it was so great to have Anna join the COVID discussion and her voice someone non-Western from another culture and the perspective she had, I thought it was a really gentle confrontation in many ways to this very individually minded Western culture that we have. And so, yeah, I'm going to play a little bit from her. I've actually been thinking for the past few days on the term autonomy. And in India, the term is really relational autonomy. And that is I think in India, which till now we've lived denying, maybe from the 50s when we really got involved in Western psychology, is for us relational autonomy is about our values, our sense of independence is based on the other. It is interrelated. And I think for us in India, 
what really the COVID has highlighted is our collectivist thinking about the we and not just the I. And therefore, I do think that in India, a lot of Indians, because of the COVID-19, are actually going back to the older Indian script where we actually believed in collectivism. And we were somewhere pre-COVID, we were just really in a lost space because we were neither individualistic nor were we collectivist. And we were in that lost space. And what COVID has done, it's really emphasized for us in the value of collectivism in our culture. It's brought us together again. I just love that ending line. It's brought us together again. Because yes. my sense is, even from what Leonard said about having courage, like everything we've talked about so far in this episode. But yeah, it's bringing us together seems so profoundly important given the many crises we face as a global nation. Yeah. And you know, this is where, is TA a social psychology? Is it a sociology? You know, and it's not clear to me. And yet I feel very comfortable with TA being able to make comment on world issues, social issues, because TA as a lens to look through is so rich. Yes. In understanding what's emerging in the world yourself with other people, the world around you. And I think that's what makes TA unique. It is. I agree with you. There is something really unusual about the transactional analysis body of work. It's not just a psychotherapeutic approach. It's so rich. And I find it sometimes when I read the TA journal and then there's all these other journals like the research journal and, you know, I read it and I think, oh my goodness, there's so much. There's far too much for me to read now. And yet that is such a wonderful thing because there's yeah. so much to learn and so much to explore. And I agree. And this is why I think it's important, the mission of the podcast, to promote this body of work, this body of information that can be so useful. Leonard said it can make a massive difference. And I think in some ways, this is us making a little bit of a difference in promoting TA. A hundred percent. And like we've talked already today about the underpinning philosophy, it certainly started as a psychotherapeutic approach and it quickly grew into something much bigger and powerful. And I think we're probably going to demonstrate that now as well, because we're moving away a little bit from the individual mm. to look at probably what sits most comfortably within the organizational fields of TA, but to look at systems, culture. Yes. Um, we've already kind of already been getting a flavor of because of Leonard's activism and the collectivism that, that Anna was talking about in India. Yeah. And then you can look at groups, systems, organizations, countries, nations, societies yeah. through a TA lens, through a theoretical lens of TA from any field and understand yeah. the underlying dynamics. And I think yes. that's so useful because all of us in the world maybe that's too exact, but most of us in the world are in some way involved in systems, be it Absolutely. our family or work. I would say your first statement was accurate. I think yeah. we, we are all in systems, complex systems, yeah. with all these causative feedback loops that are hard to understand and analyze, and we need models to better understand them. Um, Rosemary talks a bit about culture in her episode, and we'll hear from her later, but Marianne, yeah talked about that in our first organizational episode. 
Yeah, she talked about how the culture impacts you. And I found that very profound. Yes. It was an awful idea for me. So yeah, let's listen to that now. Yeah. It's not just about the person, but it's the organization has a huge impact on how a person behaves. Yeah. Well, perhaps you have had the experience too, at least I have had it, that I was very different in different organizations. Yes. That in one organization, I was creative, enthusiastic, all my ideas were heard and I could really work with them. Whereas in the other organization, my ideas were like, oh, that's, uh, we don't do that, things yeah. like that around here. And that had a huge impact on my creativity, on my well-being in, in the organization. And I was really surprised yeah. of the influence of the culture yeah. on the individual. It's such an important message, isn't it? That who we are can be completely different in one group or organizational body to who we are in another. And that yes. you know, we don't even notice the influence sometimes. Yeah. It's like smoke and in the room. Not only who we are, also how we feel about ourselves and other people. It's yeah. almost like we can just totally change. And yeah. I think what that brought up for me is just how important culture is and how maybe we don't account for that in the world enough. Yes. How yeah. impactful culture is. Yes. Because we get into conflict between one group and another group or an individual and another individual when actually it's the culture is the culprit or the, the power holder or whatever you want to say. And I think yeah. that's so important. And I'm so thankful that TA has that element to it because as a student and as a practitioner, it deepens my ability to work. Yes. And it's really easy. So for myself, training in psychotherapy and you have as well, it's really easy sometimes just to zero in on nuclear our attention around the individual and what they're going through and their experiences and forget there's a bigger picture. And I love the fact that TA introduces us to that, that the way a person is or how a person feels. And there's loads of evidence for it in research that what goes on in a person's context influences who they are and how they feel about themselves and how they respond and react. So, yeah, really important. And in a way, I think Eric Byrne was a bit of a rebel. <laughs> yeah. And we only have books to go by, really. You know, so how accurate that is, I don't know. But it yeah. seems to be that, that he was. Mm. And, you know, he had what Leonard's talked about, which was courage. Mm -hmm. Straight. And different. Yeah. And I think that a certain amount of his culture lives on in the TA community and in all of us. And I think we heard a little bit of that come through, didn't we, when we talked to Sari mm. about disruption. Yeah. Can we listen to that now? Yeah, because she was talking about how that's her role, actually, as an organizational coach that she gets in and she tries to not tries to, she does disrupt people's patterns so that they are able to notice that they were in a pattern. Um, so yeah, I'll play that now. I call myself a creative disruptor, really. That's what I do. That's my living. Okay. And TA is fantastic for that because every concept in TA describes a pattern. If you think about it, an ego state is a pattern of thinking, feeling, and behavior. It's a pattern. Yeah. A transaction is a pattern of stimulus and response. It's a pattern. You know, yeah. a game is a non-problem solving pattern of behavior. A script is a story with a beginning, middle, and an end. It's a pattern. Yeah. Out of all the theories I know, TA can help you identify patterns and can help you identify 
like the bullseye transaction to interrupt patterns. And mm-hmm. that's my work. I love that. It's such a succinct expose on the work of an organizational coach mm-hmm. to creatively disrupt patterns. Now, just in terms of where we're moving towards, yes, I guess we need to say a little bit about that. Yes, change is a bush. <laughs> yeah, and change is good. Change is good. Our change is as good as a rest. That's what they say. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to let you explain a little bit about. Yeah, yeah. Back. So I suppose the last three years have been great. God, it sounds like a breakup, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get my tissue back now. <laughs> this episode really is to celebrate the last three years. And when Matt and I entered into this, we did it on a joint venture basis. And like anything, nothing is forever. And well, maybe there are some things that are forever, but in my life, it doesn't work that much. It has come the time really for me to step back, not to to leave. I have no intentions of leaving (laughs) because I'm too invested and I'm too into the creative disruption to be gathering off. But in terms of the owner and leadership that we were jointly doing, Mm -hmm. I'm going to step back and I'm going to give the torch with the full flame to Matt to take forward for the next while. And I'm going to be supporting Matt in the background. I have no intention of disappearing. And I'm staying on as a host on the organizational series. Yeah, I'm really happy about that. Yeah, because to be honest, that's the fields that I'm now most focused on. I suppose yeah. I've done TA training, but that's the field that I probably feel at home in. And also we'll be doing the special themes episodes. We with, will, yeah. Because there's no way I'm giving those <laughs> because I love. That's your passion. Yeah. yeah, I love those. So yeah, a bit of a change. And we're going to be bringing in, on that note, we're going to be bringing in new people. Yeah, some new co-hosts. Yeah, some new co-hosts. And to our point earlier, part of that is also to create diversity in the hosting panel in the fields, because although Matt and I have trained in various fields, neither of us have trained in the counseling field. Yes. And we feel it's important to have more of that represented. So we won't go into too much detail on that today, will we? Because there'll be another episode coming to next episode. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say you'll see them, but you won't, you'll hear them. So new voices. And yeah, we're really excited about the future. Yeah. We're really excited about the future. And it's interesting because one of the things for me, one of the highlight episodes was early days in terms of counselling. And actually, counselling episodes are underrepresented. And that's one of the reasons why we're wanting to make a few changes. The first counselling episode was with Rosemary, Rosemary Napa. And this, for me, is a really important point that she makes. Because in some ways, we're all trying to figure out where we are in life and where we're going to next. And In many ways, that's what we're doing with the podcast for the next era or the next chapter of the podcast. But I love this explanation as to what TA is. Rosemary gives a brilliant summary about what TA is. I'm going to play it now. What do you think transactional analysis is if you were to... I think the best way to describe it, so it's not a definition, it's more a description, is a set of maps of the individual, a group, an organization, a system, a nation. There is a set of maps that we can use to understand at the social level what's going on, the psychological level, what's happening beneath, in awareness, psychologically, Mm. but not shared, and out of awareness, and the existential level. 
So I just want to say that nugget about what TA is, thank you, Rosemary, was just such a great one. People ask me now, what is TA? And that's the quote that I use. We were talking about this massive body of work that is in all the books and the journals and summarizing it like that is brilliant. Uh, yeah, and I imagine being, you know, like an architect, you know, with the maps rolled up under my arms. <laughs> and I put on my hard hat and my steel toe cap boots. And now when I go out into the world to work, I'm just taking my maps with me under my arm like wherever it. I go. <laughs> I like it. See, I imagine like a pirate map. Ah, yes. And figuring out where the treasure is. <laughs> trying to you know, navigate a route. Yeah, there's so many great illustrations we can use. But one, one of the things we want to do, I guess, with the future of the podcast is to offer these episodes as an addition to the maps that are out there in all the all that's been written and all that's been shared already about TA and get the best, as is our strap line, get the best out of ourselves and get the best out of others. A hundred percent. And as we kind of come to a close, the one thing that I want to say which I think we probably acknowledged and accounted for very early on and maybe the, like the first or second episode that you and I did together, is you, Mash. Me. It's, ah. Because the idea for this project started and came from you. And that's really important for me to acknowledge because it's the root. Mm. And I want to account for stroke. Mm -hmm the seed that started this whole thing. And because ever before you approached me, you were obviously thinking about it. Mm, yeah. Wondering, you know, how could I, I do this? And I was very happy to, well, maybe not initially. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He took a bit of a twist. I think I might have been like, yeah, whatever, in the beginning. Just because I knew it was quite a lot of work, I think. And I was wondering, how am I going to manage all of that? But when I did come around to it, I could really see the potential that you saw when you came up with the idea. Mm -hmm. And I was happy to support you in bringing that to life and putting lots of fertilizer and water. And, but I really do want to acknowledge that because I think it's so important that the origin of things gets adequately accounted for and represented. Mm -hmm. Passionate about. So from the whole TA community, Matt, thank you. Oh. Thanks, John. And one of the things I want to account for as well is just the friendship and the fun and the joy that we have had. So many stories that we haven't got time for here, but it has been brilliant so far. And I'm really looking forward to what's going to come next. Yes. Watch the space. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for your support. Bye. As always, if you found anything in today's episode interesting, please feel free to reach out. You can visit our website, which has lots of information and TA resources, transactionalanalysispodcast.com. You can connect with us on all major platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can email us at threepeopleinyourhead at gmail.com using the number three rather than the word. If you haven't already, please follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we'd be really grateful if you could leave us a review. Thanks for listening. Thank you.